Super Bowl Sunday edition of the Vegas Fever Podcast. I'm Jason. Hi. That's Paula. And I have a feeling we're going to get into a Robin Leonard feud, a big one, because it's been brewing all day. It is Super Bowl Sunday, like I said. Golden Knights did win today. We will get to that in a little bit. I wanted to talk about UNLV's mostly miserable week. Uh, they went up to Reno and uh, sucked. They lost twice. First game was a blowout. Uh, no Bryce Hamilton for either game. Uh, for UNLV, this was what was this Sunday? This was the thirty first. They lost eighty nine to sixty to uh, Reno up there at Lawler Event Center. This was the most lopsided loss for UNLV in the history of the series between these two in-state rivals, 89 to 60, no Bryce Hamilton. They couldn't stop Grant Sherfield. They couldn't stop Desmond Cambridge and they couldn't really stop anybody else. Um, at this point, UNLV went to six and eight. They had a really, they had been playing better, but they just couldn't do anything right against Reno and uh, three and four in the conference at that point. Uh, Moses Wood and David Jenkins each had 13 for UNLV, and Caleb Grill had 11. You really can't say a whole lot about um, a game like that. It's kind of just like chalk it up and move on. Uh, UNLV was was pretty pretty bad from three, and I didn't think it could get any worse percentage-wise, but we'll talk about coming up about why it was. Eight for 27, UNLV was um, from three, and... Nevada shot the ball just so much better in the 50s, 56% from, from the field and 58% from three. Uh, it's just kind of, you know, like I said, let's just kind of move on. And a couple nights later, UNLV took on Nevada again. And this time a closer ball game, but a 72-62 win for Nevada. Again, no Bryce Hamilton for UNLV. A couple other people did have pretty decent games. Moses Wood had 16 points, Nick Blake with 11, and Caleb Grill with 14. Um, this was the David Jenkins got benched in the second half for piss-poor defensive, for his piss-poor defensive effort. And uh, it was pretty pretty deserving. Uh, TJ Alselberger was really not happy um, with his with his team and, and, and he let him know it. And it did show a little bit better in the air force game. We'll get to that in a second, but for, for Nevada, it was just, you know, Sherfield 18 points. I mean, they just, they play better against UNLV. I believe they've won eight straight against UNLV and the rebels have not beaten this team. I think since 2018, if I'm not mistaken, it, it's, it's not a good look. And, you know, Nevada is, is is a pretty good ball club, but I felt like going into the two-game set, UNLV had a really good chance um, against the Wolfpack to at least earn a split in the series. UNLV shot better in that second game. Only lost by 10, but they shot better. Um, they shot better than the Wolfpack from three. Um, but, you know, they shot better from the Wolfpack, you know, then the Wolfpack from, from both two and three, it was just not enough free throw percentage for Reno was much better. Um, 
rebounding pretty much even. They just wanted it more, and they end up taking the game 72-62. Uh, UNLV got back out on the court Saturday night against Air Force, and they were able to pull out a victory against the Falcons, 68-58. Uh, Bryce Hamilton back in the ball game uh, for UNLV. Uh, he had 22 points. He had 13 rebounds. He had five assists. He's your best player, and he absolutely showed why. You don't have him on the floor. You're kind of lost leadership-wise. And he comes back, and you know it wasn't that it, – it, it was a really kind of ugly game for UNLV from behind the three-point line. They didn't hit a three uh, in the first half, and they were, um, of course, able to hit a three in every game since the three-pointer had been adopted since 1986, and they hadn't hit a three in the first half. It was a little scary. They ended up going two for 14, and that's why I said we didn't think it would get any worse percentage-wise from three in, in that first game against Nevada. They shot 14%, so it did get worse for UNLV, but able to pull it out, Mbake Zhang with 16 points and Nick Blake with 11 Um Air Force shot 32 threes, which I haven't really seen or heard of anyone shooting that many threes in a ball game in a long, long time. They made almost half of them. They went 15 for 32. They did shoot pretty well from the field at 43%, 20 of 46. UNLV shot better um, from the field uh, than Air Force. Air Force is a really tricky team to play. They slow the ball down. They keep the game in the 50s and 60s. As you see, they run that Princeton offense. They, they, they'll, they'll backdoor cut you. They will pretty much keep the game at their pace, and that's what they did. And UNLV wasn't really able to pull away. They just kind of, at the end there, was just did what they have to do. And for the Rebels, at 7-9 and nine now, it's just imperative with their schedule coming up. Um... Everybody that they play, except for Boise State, is is completely winnable. They'll have games against San Jose and Fresno State. I believe they have six remaining. No, seven, because they'll get Air Force again um, here coming up tomorrow night at the Thomas and Mac. That's the second game of two. So they'll have seven games left, and five of those games are against teams that they should just pound. I mean, in my opinion. I mean, maybe Fresno State is going to give them a little bit more trouble, but Everybody except for Boise remaining on their schedule, they should be able to win. And they're at a point where they're in sixth right now in the Mountain West, and the top five teams get buys. And guess who's ahead of them? Nevada Reno. So the Wolfpack hold the advantage in terms of a tiebreaker because if there's any ties, the Rebels will not will not be ahead. They will be sixth, and they will have to win four games in four days. And I don't think... That's not a good recipe to get to the NCAA tournament. UNLV is really good on their home floor. We'll give them that. They are not really good away from the Thomas and Mac. Um, so it's a good thing the tournament is there. It's going to be a really wild, wild Mountain West tournament. Um, Boise just lost two to Nevada. And Colorado State is threatening to win the conference. And then there's Utah State. And Utah State is... Sitting up there atop, and they are a team that UNLV was able to split with. But those three teams plus San Diego State is coming on, and Nevada is coming on. There's your top five right there, and it's going to be a wild tournament. Anybody from the lower tier 6 to 11 group in the Mountain West can really make noise. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Uh, Rebels, Falcons get at it again. Uh, Monday night, the game is going to be on CBS Sports Net again, and I thought the broadcast 
for the most part, was pretty decent. I like the broadcast better on CBS Sports than I do on uh, FS1. I just think for whatever reason, I, I mean, I don't know if it's because of the remote or, you know, you know, the, the, nobody's at the games. But it just seems like the people on CBS just – they seem to know the Mountain West better. They've had the coverage on the Mountain West for, for a, a pretty good amount of time. This is uh, Fox's first year getting into the Mountain West. And so you could tell the difference. Um, these guys at CBS seem to know what they're doing. Now I think it's time we should talk about the Golden Knights. Uh, let's talk about a team that actually wins and wins pretty regularly. Here to start the season, 7-1-1 one, and one, uh, on the year after a 4-3 victory earlier on the day in the day Sunday. Um, but their first game back was Friday after a week and a half layoff, and they beat L.A. Uh, five to two. Seven people get on the stat sheet for the Golden Knights. Um, Nick Haig has a goal, two assists. Carlson, a goal and two assists. Pacioretty, three assists. Tied a career high there. Marcia So, one goal, one assist. Stone, a goal and assist. Cody Glass, a goal. Shea Theodore, a goal. Fleury looked fantastic. Gave up a couple late, but... For the most part, it was all Golden Knights. It was good to see uh, hockey back. It was it was really refreshing, um, and it just uh, life just seems a little a little less fun without hockey. Um, four to three this afternoon. Um, they beat the Kings again. Uh, Robin Leonard gave up a a couple of easy ones. Settled down. The Golden Knights were able to score enough to win. Uh, we'll get to how we feel about that here shortly. Chandler Stevenson, two goals. Uh, Alex Tuck, two assists. Cody Glass, a goal. Marshall, a goal. Um, actually, Cody Glass, an assist. Marshall, an assist. Alec Martinez, an assist. Patrick an assist. Riley Smith and Zach Whitecloud had goals for the Golden Knights. Um... Paula's still here. She sat through some of that UNLV stuff, but she's ready. She's ready, and we've been we've been going back and forth, uh, kind of about this, um, well, trying to save it for the podcast. Yeah, you really wouldn't go back and forth with me. You, you told me. I'm gonna save it for the podcast. Here we go. Here we are. You have any words? What you're gonna say is very unfair. I already know. I was told that when the Golden Knights signed Robin Leonard, that I, I was basically told I was a Leonard lover and a flurry hater because I thought that they should move on from somebody who's older to relieve $12 million in in, in cap. Goaltending was, they're hot right now. And I told you that he, in my opinion, had lucky games. And is this something he can keep up, or is it a lucky streak? So I think now we're all asking ourselves that question. Did they jump the gun to sign him? It's a short sample size. Eight games. That's what I'm saying. Is, is this flurry a... on a lucky streak? I don't know. I will agree that right now that Robin Leonard is playing like poo. 
he gives, he lets in easy goals. We saw it again. We saw it the last time we saw Robin Leonard. He does the same thing. He lets in these these. I mean, these it was, what, 30, 30 seconds in? It was 34 seconds in, yes. Okay, excuse me. Yes. You were right with the with the amount, but there was a few extra ones. So, yeah, he lets in a goal. I mean, which has happened to Flurry, but it was very reminiscent of Subban being in goal. That the Knights kept having to score more and more just to tie the game. To and, keep up for with his mistakes. Right, that's how it reminded me today. He's not playing well. Maybe the pressure is too much. What pressure? Count your money? I mean, f- $5 million guy. Dollars a year. He's the guy, year. right? But, but, he's but the he's guy. Not, but he's, he's not. Pete but he's not guy. because, no, no, no. They are taking turns. No, he they was are taking he turns. Was the guy. Pete DeBoer, he was the guy in the playoffs last year because in the playoffs, Bullcrap. you Before have to playoffs. pick a guy. You cannot have, you do not platoon in the playoffs. That is widely known. You pick a guy and you stick with him and you live and you die. And that's exactly what happened. He, Pete DeBoer stuck with Robin Leonard. If the choice was had to be made today, he could not he could not pick Robin Leonard. He couldn't pick it would be an outrage. People would lose it. But everyone said this is the guy that's get Flurry out of here. There there was either your Flurry people wanting Flurry to stay and people wanting Flurry to go. There wasn't a lot of like middle ground. I think going into the playoffs last year, it was acceptable to put Robin Leonard in the game more often. Going into the playoffs last year, he had just come over, then the pause, then they come back. Conditioning, Robin Leonard's younger. We'll go with Robin Leonard. And you saw Flurry a couple times, but they went with Robin Leonard. They made their choice clearly. I think it would be Flurry right win. now. They went to the West Finals, and they I did don't, not th- win. which is unacceptable because it's not a Stanley Cup. Of course, we know, but they didn't win. Would they have with Flurry? I don't know. Or you'll, we will never know. Had we they will in the see pre- this two all season. Previous seasons, no. No, except in year one when Flurry. Okay, well they went to the Stanley Cup, but they right. did not win the. Stanley no. Cup. Would they have beaten Dallas in the West Final and gotten to the Stanley Cup if Mark Andre Flurry was a goaltender? Impossible to answer. But he is on fire. He's. Flurry is only allowing a goal a game. Like I said last week, maybe this lit a fire under his ass. But honestly, do you think they jumped the gun to have Leonard be the guy? It sure looks that way. So are you saying you were wrong? I'm saying at this point right now. You were wrong. I I was I am temporarily wrong. <laughs> no. Yes, I am temporarily wrong. Okay. Every year, every team, every goaltender has a, a wicked stretch. His flurries is coming. Trust me. Of course. And that will make nobody happier than Pete DeBoer because then he could put Robin Leonard in more if that's the case. I don't think so because I think that he's going to do the back and forth every game. Okay, well, They what play 40-something okay, okay, games in 90-something days. What if Leonard starts losing every single game he plays? Is he, do you think he's going to do that? I mean, at some point, he's going to have to. I, I don't know how but many games. Do, I'm talking about do the back and forth. If Leonard loses like four or five games in a row, I don't think he really can. I don't think he can continue this way. I, I think that under the pretense that these goaltenders are going well, to do enough to win. tonight, so huh. technically. Huh. No, because every time he let in a goal, they'd come back and score. I mean, but that's not going to happen every night. 
No. That was part of the problem with Subban is he Correct. would let in too many goals. Granted, they they needed to score goals and they needed to also help defend the puck. But that was sometimes the problem why they lost is because they would have to like recover from it 19 goals. I mean, that's just not going to happen. You can't give up six, seven goals a night and win. And that's what it was at the end with Subban. He was having, I mean, he was just getting worse and worse and worse. And the scoring for the Knights when it wasn't there, Malcolm Subban I mean, is the I guy that hangs out to dry. I think really well. I mean, everyone is, um, they seemed a little slow today towards the end. I, I think I commented that to you, or I might have said it in my head. I'm not sure. But I think I told you they seemed a little slow. I think. But it's a lot of games. When the game gets to the end, and you're just trying to, sometimes you're trying not to lose, not, not to let in a goal. So it, it can kind of slow down. But overall, the Knights' offense has been really good. Yeah, it and has. their penalty or their their power play has scored in three straight games, and it was in the bottom bottom yeah, half of the league. They've always been stinky with that. Their power play historically has never, never has play. not been the best. I mean, it has its times where it's good, and then it's times where they won't score for like ten games or more. <laughs> yeah. Their their penalty kill has been really good. Their power play Their has been better. Their penalty kill has always been pretty decent. Yeah, it, you, know, you know, I don't... Even when they switch coaches, the power play hasn't really... I mean, no. it's just... It, it's kind of peaks and valleys. But they've played lately really well. I know that they've only been back two games from the week and a half mm -hmm. off. But even before, when they lost to St. Louis in overtime, or in, in, in a mm -hmm. shootout... Um, they they were playing really well. Now seven one and one on the year, and with these last two wins, they are back on the top points wise they of are the three, West. Three zero zero in the mustard jerseys. <clears throat> Fun fact stat from Paula: They're three zero zero in the gold mustard. jerseys. They're only mustard if you buy those cheap break breakaway jerseys. They look mustard. I like them. I like them, and we're gonna get to see the reverse retro on the twentieth. When they play in Lake Tahoe against against the Avalanche, uh, the Avalanche will also wear their reverse retros, with which are a homage to their past. Um, in Quebec, they moved to Denver from Quebec in 1995, so it's kind of a mix mix for them. Uh, the Golden Knights reverse retro is a little bit of the Thunder, a little bit of the Wranglers, and then a little bit of what they have now. I like them. Um, Braden McNabb will not be there for that game because Braden McNabb, as we mentioned last podcast, for whatever reason, got hurt at the end of the St. Louis news game. On, uh, Petrangelo? Petrangelo is still not cleared to play. So he had COVID, COVID. I guess. Not yeah. just the protocol, just the, the actual whole coaching COVID. staff is better, is, is back. The I, whole I staff, that. but not him. And so, they all went in together. So it's it's really interesting. The whole league is, is hush hush on COVID protocols. It's like injury reports. You'd get little to none. You're getting little to none about this. And so I hope that we have him for the two game set they're gonna start and you know, against Anaheim at T Mobile Arena Tuesday. on Tuesday. Um Who do you think um is playing really well right now? Like two player like two, three players. Who do you think is really other than Flurry say, you know, goaltending who do you think has really been that 
strong horse for the team. Someone who's always impressed me from day one, and they picked this guy up. I believe it was I don't. It was like at the deadline last year, um, or like it might have been from waivers. I would have to check that. Chandler Stevenson. Chandler Stevenson I like because he is one of the he's the fastest skater one of them that that the Golden Knights have he could play on the first line with Pacioretty and Stone he could play on the fourth line with Reeves and Carrier he could play on any line he's so fast he just gets he gets where he needs to be and he puts the puck in the net and he's really been good for the Golden Knights and Stone being the captain has just put just put some kind of extra fire inside this guy. He's got just about points in every game. Yeah, I was gonna say him. Really Pacioretty. Pacioretty too has been really impressed. I mean every game. Um someone who we haven't heard a lot from is Reeves. Not a lot from Revo. He hasn't even fought that much, which is really, really strange. Um, he's been he's, very he's quiet. been quiet. That whole line has been quiet. And even no no Carrier. no Carrier no no they, no sick. And then sometimes you also have have other guys platooning on that fourth line. Not really much from them. And that was always a I mean they don't really score. Line. No, but Reeves did quite a few times last season. But uh, it's, last year, yeah. you know, very very quiet. Not even hearing oh big hit from Reeves or you know nothing like that. It's been very very quiet. I mean, even their third line, so you got, you know, you see Tuck and you see Cody Glass. Well, they've been pretty active. Um, is even I was going to say even more active oh, than yeah. the fourth line. Um, the second line, which is, you know, technically right now, the you know, the, the um, what do they call them? The, uh, the misfit line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlson, Pat, uh, Carlson, Marshall, so Smith. They're either the second line or the first line. But they've been fantastic as well. Riley yeah. Smith, and, and, you know, and Marsha. So you know, these guys are getting older, but they they're not Carlson playing like has it. Has been really, really well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's one of those quiet ones that just comes out of nowhere. If there's a critique, it would be that for getting that fourth line going, and that's yeah. the line that Gallant would always start. He would always start Reeves, Nosek, Carrier, and then his defense pair. You know, and so DeBoer doesn't always do that. He'll he he'll usually either start Stone Pacioretty or the Misfit line, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that you know Gallant usually didn't do. He would start with the rough and tough guys. He would get them in there to kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. And Reeves has been awkward, you know, kind of awkwardly quiet. It's really it's really weird. He, you know, he he likes to talk a lot, mm-hmm. and I even feel like that's down. Mm-hmm. I don't really know, know. If, if these guys are just business. Maybe they're just ready, down to business. I don't Let's know. get going. It's very strange because they're seven one and one, and and so whatever it's doing is whatever they're doing is I know, working. But I kind of miss like the the chirping, the Reeves personality. I I don't mm. know where he's at. Maybe something's going on. Maybe he was told by staff upper management. To... I don't know. They knew who they were getting. Exactly. When they, That's when they why got they him. got him. Yeah. I mean, but it's always situational. You know, they needed that. When they yeah, picked they him up at the deadline his first like year. First year of the of, of, of the team. Oh my god. His first game, um, like five people got hurt on the yeah. team because they were all trying to like be Billy Badass like him. I, I remember James Neal specifically yeah. got hurt. Again, and in he that just game. came back. And, and he just, that was the teeth, wasn't it? Was, was that the teeth? teeth? That's when he lost all the teeth. 
I think no, no, because no, he, no, he, back pl- from he played injury. right away after the teeth. Yeah, he had just come back from some stupid injury, and then he got hurt again because Reeves was like, "I'm going to kill everybody because I just got here." Do you remember when James Neal got mad because that guy hit him in the mouth after just getting his teeth? He kept getting hit in the mouth. <laughs> he was so mad. And it's funny because the year. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. The year before. He got at, hit in the mouth again. When he left the Knights, yeah. he was, where'd he go? Edmonton, I think, mm-hmm. or Calgary. I don't know. Edmonton, I think. And and he it was like, ding, 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 ding. He lost seven or eight teeth at one time. And he those were veneers. Brand spanking new, basically. He needs to stop smiling when he skates. And where is his mouthpiece? Does it not matter? Does it not matter when you get hit in the mouth if you have a mouthpiece? Let's try it. Maybe somebody can tell us. For podcast purposes. Yeah. I tried it. I lost all my teeth. Like, I mean, I don't really want to figure that out. No, I'm good. I think I'll keep whatever whatever teeth I'm going to have remaining for the rest of my life. I want to keep because I don't have good teeth. I, I don't, I feel You're like. You're not missing teeth. No, I'm, no, but my teeth, but my, you know. Well, you grind your teeth. Yeah. My my teeth are there, but they're not in great shape. So I don't think I should do any hockey type um, of activity because I want to keep my teeth for as long as possible. Um, They're looking good. They I like it. Agreed. Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing. It is just very business. There's no uh, spunk. I think that's the way it has to be. Who is this? Somebody follows me during the podcast? How nice. Um, followed you too. Anyway. There has to be a business aspect. This team, in my opinion, is a Stanley Cup final quality team. So, enough of the crap. Who gets en- them enough there, of the Leonard garbage. Flurry? Right now, Flurry is getting them there. <laughs> Flurry is getting them there. But it's all going to depend on who stays healthy and for how long. Robin Leonard took a puck off the shoulder that they're talking about. Uh, Pete DeBoer is going to. They're going to have to take a look at the medical staff tomorrow um, and evaluate it because he didn't come out, but you could tell it affected him. And I don't know if it was after those first couple of goals or, or, or before. I think it was after. How could it be before in the first 30 seconds? Well, I mean, in between maybe the first and the second. <laughs> he took he took a rough one right where there's there's a space in the padding. And, of course, it you know it stung him for a minute. He shook it off. He, he seemed fine. He played the rest of the game, allowed, you know, another goal, whatever. But here's what's going to judge. Who gets them there and for how long? One of these guys is going to sit because of an injury at some point in this season, and the other one is going to have to take over because whoever they bring up from Henderson is not going to be the person. Correct. That's going to be the guy that sits there and keeps the chair warm. So if it's Flurry, we're really going to see. If Flurry has to play, if he's got to play 10, 12. It's going to wear on him for sure. It will. It would wear on Leonard as well. But he's a pro. And he's going to do his very best. He's going to give up his, he's going to have his crap nights, but so as, so as anybody. I'm just curious to see. My concern is if it's Leonard long-term right now. Honestly. Has to be that way because 
Flurry is allowing one goal a game, and Leonard allows three and four. Yeah. So. We'll see. They probably will start with Flurry on Tuesday. That's the rotation. So we'll see. If they so choose. Um, would love to see Petrangelo get back in there because we know we're going to be down McNabb for at least a handful more games because he's got to stay out 10. And this was after the St. Louis game, so it's only been two. So he's got to stay out another eight games or 24 days, whatever it is. And on long-term injured reserve, the Knights are going to spare a little money, I believe, on the cap because of that. I'm not really sure. that 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 is a knowledge. This whole salary cap thing is way above my mental capacity. Whoever figures this stuff out is really, really good. And there's yeah. and there's website and Twitter sites that are dedicated. Uh, cap Friendly is one of them. And Cap Friendly is really, really good. And whoever does runs the numbers is amazing. Right. Um, but I would really be... I really want to get Petrangelo back because you got Dylan Coughlin in there. I'm not saying Dylan Coughlin's doing a bad job. He's not really being seen. He's just kind of there. He's just kind of taking the space. And I really want to at least get Petrangelo back because then what you can do is... You can rotate Coglin back to Henderson, and then you can have Mc, you know you can have Holden Nick Holden stay up, and you Nick can Holden's have pretty good. Nick Holden solid. He's a solid mm-hmm. lifetime NHL defenseman. Played a lot of years with the Rangers. Played a lot of years with Boston. Um, I think majority in Boston, and then I think he played like a year in New York. Um, but then you can rotate your lines back to kind of where you want to. Petrangelo was skating with McNabb, so obviously I think Petrangelo would skate with Holden. Um, and then you'll you'll get McNabb pro- back probably the end of February, and then, you know, uh, of course, it's all in the air with with health. you got to keep as many guys healthy as possible because you're going to take a lot of games in a lot of days. You know, you're going to play, f- I think I heard something like 40-something games in 90-something days. That's a lot. It's grueling. And the Knights are one of those teams. A couple of years ago, they were one of the younger teams. Now they're one of the older teams. And these guys are doing good right now, but super, super important, you know, that we keep these guys at full strength. Anything else on your mind? No. Mm. <laughs> I don't like that face. I mean, I love that face. Something's up. Something's up. I just, Say it. We'll see how this next week goes. I'm excited to see. Say it. Do you do you like Pete DeBoer a little better? No. Okay. What, if they win the Stanley Cup, would you like Pete DeBoer a little better? No. He didn't win the Stanley Cup. Cup. The players did. But he was the the guy guiding them. To the Stanley Cup. I don't like his attitude. He wears pretty cool masks. I like that. That he does. Hmm. Oh, also, gotta talk about this. Um... Saturday night, Henderson Silver Knights win their inaugural regular season opening game five to two. Um, really, really awesome to have hockey, uh, more hockey in the desert. 
uh, a hockey team that's right across town and right down the street, really, uh, at the moment until their new arena is built in Henderson. But they'll be there, and they've got a really, really solid team. Um, Patrick Brown, who saw some time for the Knights in the playoff bubble last year, he is in Henderson. And, of course, Jake Bischoff is in Henderson. Um, probably be selling, seeing Dylan Coghlan go to Henderson soon, but... Um, They've got a solid team, and they opened up with a victory, and they'll be playing. They'll be playing again, pretty much on the off nights that the Golden Knights play. Which is smart. Which which, which makes a ton of sense. I think that once COVID is under control and things open up again, I think it would be really good for the people of Las Vegas who maybe can't afford a Knights game or can't get to a Knights game to go see this new team and kind of do what people used to do with the Wranglers. Me and while, you while they're there or while they're at the Orleans, I right? Mean. So they'll have two years this year, next year there. Um, well, this year probably won't happen. No, but me and you have a ton of really, really good memories at the Orleans when it came to the Wranglers, and the setup there was really, really smart. I mean, you had food, you had good food there. Gambling. You had a food court. You had all kinds of gaming. <laughs> Good food, food court. Well, because I mean, you can go to the cat. You can go to one of those cafe style restaurants okay, they the had. Okay, Fridays. I don't no. know. Hopefully, well, they did a deep clean with the COVID, but it always smelled like farts. Okay. Okay. Could someone just let me know if it like, like you would walk around the corner there and it would smell like egg farts? Is maybe that still true. Okay, maybe. That was just the smell that you had in every your time, nose every time in that one spot. Look, they had. That food court, they had other restaurants. Third time. Third time's a charm. They have a really good plan there, and I think it's really great that hockey was able to take and this organization in until their arena's built. Or yes, you did. Break even, which was always. Which was a surprise always, because you. <laughs> when talk about egg farts, I mean, when you gamble, that's what. Maybe that's what that smell was. <laughs> The smell was you just reeking of bad gambling decisions. <laughs> we used to have fun. That's the bottom line when we when we would go. A lot of memories there, and it's really great to see more more going on. Yeah, I wish I wish that people can go do that right now. I won't. You know, everybody wishes that. We're gonna get there. We've just got to be as patient and as united as possible for as long as we can. And every, everything's going to be fine because we want to. We want to take a trip. We can watch on TV, and we can, we can all stay safe and we support can. our teams the safe way from home. Well said, baby. Well, I think it's time we wind this thing down. Uh, Golden Knights win a couple of, bo- of ball games. Win a win a couple of. <laughs> Of puck games. The, the Super Bowl's on. Yeah. In the background. I'm back and forth. I'm going for Brady. Uh, I I want to see it because I am I am a relevant you know relevant history. You know, I just, I just I, saying he you know just as a few years ago hated Tom Brady. In I fact, really never liked fact, Tom Brady. I never did. In 2008. It was. Giants won the Super Bowl. Right. When the Giants won, he could not have been happier that Tom Brady, for many different reasons, but he hated Tom Brady. So, 
Now no. I'm being told this year that he likes okay. Tom Brady's. The last few years I've is appreciated it Brady. Is similar to the Leonard thing? Maybe flip flopping a bit. Well, is Tom Brady doesn't play in New he, England anymore. Is he a true fan? We don't know. Hold on. I am not a fan of Tom Brady, Tom Brady. I am a fan of Tom Brady, the history chaser. This man is going to be the greatest quarterback to go down in the saying, history of the NFL. I'm just you have to take everything you say with a grain of salt. You're I don't a bit so. of a flip-flopper. I'm not a flip-flopper. I am a right-in-the-middle, objective, fan slash podcaster now we don't cover the team at all okay i like to just make this clear we don't cover them we the knights and the rebels we don't cover them we podcast based on vegas teams unlv and the golden knights about our opinions what we've seen what's happened and what i'm seeing is that paul is right paul is right right now and flurry is doing really good right now but when it flips we're, mark this. Mark this podcast. Okay, you know Because it's going to flip, and then I'm going to be that, like... Why is it always a right now thing? See, it's always what can you do for me sports. right now. That is sports. Well, I think that's a wrong mentality. It's not. We've also forgotten how far some of these players have gotten us in the past, which was not very long ago. So, maybe we should all keep that in mind. Athletics is a right now business. It is. Do you feel you need to? Do you feel the need to brush your hair during the podcast? Um, it is a right now. It is right now. It is a right now business, and right now, Robin Leonard is not getting the job done as well as Mark Andre Fleury. They're winning games, yes, but is there an underlying Has issue? Has this been the first yes. game he's won? Mark Andre Fleury, no, Leonard, uh, Leonard, no, this season, no. Mark Andre Fleury is four and zero, right? Right. The team is seven one and one. So they lost. Three. So no, they lost one. A one. Three one and one is Robin Leonard. So he is responsible for seven for half of the team's points, and Fleury is responsible. For, Fleury's responsible for eight, and Leonard's responsible for seven. So if you want to do it like that. The goalies are just about even. But when you watch the games and you watch how deep Robin Leonard ends up in his net and lets in these little these little Olay goals, these little oopsie goals between his between his arms and in between his leg and on the short side near the post where the post and you are supposed to be friends and squeeze the puck out of there, he's letting goals in. He's too deep in his net. That's the problem. And Flurry is one of those, I'm going to go get the puck. And Leonard's like, I'm going to wait for the puck. That's the problem. Which is fine. They can both have different um, styles. Right. True. But I I dislike how late he is reacting. And and, and look, Flurry has been bitten by his decisions. Many times. times. You know, it makes me nervous when he leaves, though. They all do that. Yeah, but he is out in the middle of the ice. Anyway, it's very nerve wracking. 14-3, Fourteen to three, Tampa Brady. Right now, almost halftime. A little mid, a little mid-game uh, podcast reporting. One oh four left in the second. Fourteen to three, Tampa Bay. Just saying. I feel confident about my pick. I am happy Brady is out of New England. He is going to win his seventh Super Bowl, maybe tonight, out of ten appearances. The greatest quarterback, the greatest player to ever play the game. 
I could admit that when he was in New England, but I didn't like it as much. I like it better now. Breaking news. Kansas City is going to attempt a field goal. Attempting a field goal. We're 40 minutes in here on the Vegas Fever podcast brought to you by absolutely nothing. Who should we be sponsored by? Kansas City knocks in the field goal, 14-2-6. We should be sponsored by... Um, Paula's chocolate pie. Like something you make. Something you make we should be sponsored by because it's something that you approve and we won't get in trouble like copyright-wise infringement or anything like that. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Mother's homemade cookies. Fake bake. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Okay. okay. What could we be sponsored by? We need a sponsor. You're a hairy asshole, okay? Don't be <laughs> rude. <laughs> We were sponsored by Jason's hairy asshole. We have we're twelve people. We have twelve people who listen to this thing, and I don't know. Let's wrap it up. How many are gonna listen anymore? Well, thank you for everybody. If you made it this far, thank you. Yeah, if you did. And, um, um, I don't only do fake and bake cookies, but they are very good in a pinch. I have two kids. Are. My son is a cookie monster. Yeah, and he loves cookies. Cookie. And you make lots of stuff like, you know, Paula's chicken Parmesan, you know, <laughs> like Paula's chicken soup, hearty and delicious. Okay, we're done here. Are you cold from being on the ice, Mark andre Fleury? Come have mother's chicken soup. Only <laughs> well, you, you use the stupid voice I use. Yeah. Um. Paula wants us to wrap it up. You could follow her and comment on all of her interesting things that she's said over the last 42 minutes. She's the Golden Wife, and she is at the Golden Wife on Twitter. And I am Jason. I am at the Vegas Fever Pod. Vegas Fever Pod. At Vegas Fever Pod. There you go. And, uh, yeah. We'll talk to you next Sunday. We'll talk to you about uh, my great Super Bowl prediction. We'll talk about another couple of Golden Knights games. We'll talk about another couple of UNLV games and a lot of other embarrassing things, apparently. So uh, everybody have a good night. Stay safe. Thank you.